Hi, everyone. Welcome to Merch Money. Today we have Matt Webley with us. Very honored to have him here. He um, It's one in the morning right now for him. So thank you so much, Matt. Yeah, thank you for being here at uh, <laughs> this lovely, uh, what, 1 a.m. there? Want- yes. Sorry, I just lost you guys for a second. Well, it, it sounded like a robot, but I, I, it's okay. We're good. <laughs> Yeah, it's 1am over here in the UK, so yeah, it's a late one. (laughs) But you still have plenty of energy. You you seem to have my energy level. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I told him. I'm like, you would never know. Like, he looks wide awake, ready to go. (laughs) Probably these these glasses hiding the bags under my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, normally we um, go around and just quickly say, like, things that have happened great this week and, and just catch up. Unfortunately, Amy can't be here tonight. Um, she had a conflict schedule with her husband, so she's uh, hanging out with the toddler tonight. <laughs> um, and then I guess I'll, I'll go real quick. Um, Helen Kinson. And uh, this week I've been really excited, looking forward to the meetup. So everybody, this is the last reminder. <laughs> May 4th uh, is this coming Saturday is the meetup at noon in Columbus, Ohio. So I know Ryan's in the chat. He's going to be there. Um, Kelly and Dale are hosting it with me. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, they're they're big into KDP. So if you have any kind of KDP questions, they're uh, perfect for that. So I was I was oh Lord, my raglan. Thank you. I almost totally forgot. So this is the the new uh, merch raglan t sh- t shirt. So it's three quarter length. I for, love uh, that. Women's I like that. Style. I love it too. So it's a little a little bit big, but I feel like it's fine. I mean, this is after I washed it and it shrank a tiny bit. Like it's pretty big when you first get it. Um, but it's fine. I mean, it's comfortable. Did really you get the like size it. you normally get? In yeah, I got a size too? small and it's pretty big. So awesome. let's do it. Yeah. First thing I thought when I saw that was as she took that t-shirt off, I thought it was the same t-shirt that I saw you in months ago. Oh, I, I was going to say that. I'm like, he thinks I only have merch money shirts, which I <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty much. I wore two different merch money shirts at the Merch UK conference. So this is a third one. Yeah, yeah, it's the same one. You just keep turning it inside out. <laughs> it really does look similar because of the black. Like it was a little cold because it was January and I had a cardigan on, so it really does look probably the same. <laughs> but it's different. Listen, you're giving Matt. You're giving away my style secrets. I wear black from head to toe, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, all right, well, Bree, you want to go? Sure. Hey guys, I'm Brianna Muller-Green, co-owner of Design4Dollars.com, and I am known as Merch Maverick here on the Merch Money Show because I'm a little bit of crazy pants. I like to push buttons and kind of just go off on wild rabbit trails. (laughs) I just love to learn and I love to try things out. So Um, let's see. I don't even know what I've been doing this week. Um... The usual, I guess, uh, brand building. I did, uh, I launched a few, uh, a few, listen to me. I launched a few new brands this weekend, <laughs> you know, um, the, I'm in the beginning stages of launching two, two new brands. So I say launching, like I'm just going to, you know, pull the trigger overnight, but you know, just to kind of in the research phase and setting it, setting a few things up. So and uh, just managing everything else, managing D4D and working with everyone in brandability, working with clients. And uh, finally got my days back because our six-year-old daughter is off of spring break now. She's back <laughs> at school. <laughs> so I have time to work again. Awesome. All right. And Matt, welcome. Hello. So, thank you. Yeah. Do you want to just uh, real quick just say um, – just introduce yourself, maybe um, a little a little background about yourself. Yeah, yeah. There's no quick in- introducing myself, unfortunately. So I'll <laughs> I'll just do my thing and I'll just say a few bits, highlights, or thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to make it too long because honestly, I started I started online as a full time internet marketer back in 2001. Uh, I was a poor kid growing up. I had uh, we had no money. No, I had no advantages in life. Everybody, my teachers thought I'd be a loser. My first girlfriend thought I'd be a loser. 
everybody said I'd be a loser. Um, I went to university, which is like college in the US, and screwed it up and ended up leaving halfway through and started my own internet business. And that was back in 2000, 2001 kind of time. So a long time ago. I've been doing this almost 20 years. Um, and finally, I proved everybody wrong and that I wasn't a loser. And I've done lots of stuff since. So um, if you do online arbitrage, you might you might not know because it, it's taken the, the UK by storm, but the US don't seem to know about it yet. But BuyBot Pro, it's a deal analysis piece of software for, for online arbitragers. Uh, I've run that, so so we created that. Um, I'm an info product, an eight-figure info product marketer. So I've sold over $10 million worth of information products over the last 20 years. Uh, done all kinds of bits and bobs, but I, if I had to pigeonhole myself right now is what I do. I'm a info product um, expert business launch specialist, for want of a, something a little bit. I know it's a bit of a mouth. I, I like that description. That is yeah. perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah if, if, you've got, if you've got an audience in any niche and you want help monetizing it, I'm your man. So awesome. There you go. Nice. Thanks. Well, oh my I, gosh. Well, how many hours do we have here? I, like, mean, no, <laughs> no. I I got to meet Matt at the Merch UK conference. So that when I met him, I was like, oh my gosh, we got to get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy that he agreed to, and especially at one in the morning, I did not. Think you would say yes? I'm so happy that you did. My pleasure. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think you'd ask. I th everybody's like, "Oh yeah, we need to, we need to chat again. We need to chat again." I think you're the only person I've chatted to that was there since that day. So it's because you're so above everybody else that people are scared. Like I've, I've started to learn. Like I just ask people. Oh, that was another thing that happened this week. So I like I don't uh, I do okay, but not that great. So it's like I, I always am like nervous to talk to people that are doing way better than me. Um, but another person this week, I talked to um, a guy that was the, uh, he was the VP of design for Old Navy and Pepsi and, you know, several other things, long career. He has over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. And he was talking about me on the live show about how good I was at networking and how he couldn't wait to be on the show. And I was like, <laughs> Helen, give yourself like, more like, credit, would ya? <laughs> it's just I started to learn like people are people, and it's like yeah. it's it's hard for the people that are really successful because everyone's afraid of them. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like you're not getting asked as much as you should because people are too afraid to talk to you. I think it's it's all relative. I think it's all relative. Like I don't see myself as super successful. I don't even see myself as that successful. I've got big dreams, big goals, big ambitions, and I'm nowhere near achieving any of them. So it's all relative. But you've got to remember, I came from a council estate, which is like the projects in the US. And at heart, that's where I still am. Like just you could take the what do they say? You could take the kid out of the projects but you can't take the projects out of the kids so yeah. yeah I don't look down on people regardless of what level they're at and I don't consider myself to be at, at a level whereby I don't think I ever would look down on anyone but I definitely don't see myself at, above anyone's level I take right. you who you are and all that stuff so treat me yeah. nice I'll treat you nice treat me horrible I'll treat you horrible <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have not seen that side of you. You've treated everyone perfectly so far. So <laughs> well, everyone's, everyone's treated me nice. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, so your story is fascinating. Like, I, I think it's so inspiring for everyone because you know everybody starts somewhere, and you, you don't have to stay wherever you start. You know, you can learn, you can grow. Um, it used to be a bin man, right? But here yeah. we call it garbage collector, right? So, yeah. yeah. Whenever I'm telling my story and I'm trying to cater it for U.S. audience, I'm like, "What do you guys call it? A bin man, garbage collector, yeah. trash man? I didn't know what to call it, but yeah, I was. You're like all of them. That was me. <laughs> I was a garbage collector, so yeah, yeah. And I, I turned to the garbage collector, the other garbage garbage collectors when I had nothing. I had no money. I was a bin man, literally a garbage collector. Mm -hmm. And I turned to him and I said to one of them, "I'm gonna be a millionaire one day." And I believed it to my core. And he laughed at me, he laughed at me. Everyone used to laugh at me when I said things like that. But yeah. like, I had unstoppable raw belief that one day I would be a millionaire. Um, and it wasn't too long after that when I first made my first million online. Um, and it was, it was a nice feeling when I met him a few years later and I went up to him and I said, oh, you remember that thing I told you? 
about when, when we was on the bins, like that I'd be a millionaire one day. Oh, I made it. And he's like, no, I don't remember. He like played it down. And I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> get that away sure. from me. <laughs> so how, what made you decide to do something online? How did you find out about it? Cause that's early. Okay. Um, oh, wow. We really are going back to my story. So, um, <laughs> really going back in the early days, um, when I was at college, I wanted to be a businessman. Um, and I set up this little, I mean, I could go really far back, but I'll try and keep it brief version. I set up this little party plan business. I don't know what you call it in the US, but uh, basically I had women that organized parties in other women's homes and then they kind of did these parties and then they handed catalogs around and then they made purchases from the catalogs. Do you guys call it party plan or? Yeah, some kind of like, was it like a multi-level marketing kind of thing? Kind of, yeah, but it was my business. So instead okay. of being an MLM -er for somebody else, it uh -huh. was my own business. And I wanted to expand onto the internet because this it was like this new-ish thing and like mm -hmm. early 2000s, it was like, ooh, e-commerce, e just getting going. Um, and my friend who works for a big company, he said, um, I will help you. If you buy a domain and, a, and some hosting, I'll help you. Because he, he did IT and he did websites for this big company. So I bought the stuff. And at the time, it was like probably $300 or something like that for the domain name and this year's hosting. Um, so I invested. It was a lot of money. It wasn't nothing to me at the time. Mm -hmm. And and um, he didn't come through. So he let me down. And I'm like, oh, now what? So like I've got this hosting. I've got this domain name. Now what do I do? So I thought, well, I just, I just, I'll try and make a website. I'll just do it. <laughs> go for it. And I... I, I kind of randomly made a website, uh, connected the domain name and all that stuff. And then I just forgot about it. And I went about my normal everyday life. And then I woke up one day and I made, because at the time I put some affiliate links on there. Uh, and for anyone watching this, hopefully everybody knows what affiliate marketing is. But it's basically where you can promote other people's products in return for a commission. So you just send them traffic. If that traffic purchases, they pay you a commission. So I just put a couple of these links on this random website about random topics. And I woke up one day and made $30 in my sleep. I'm like, wow. At the time, I was a barman in a local nightclub. And I would make like $30 in a whole weekend. And I just made $30 whilst I was asleep. And it was like this. That was mind blowing for me. The possibilities like it was unreal. Anyway, fast forward a few uh, few days or weeks. I can't remember the timeline now. I woke up and I'd made another sale. I'm like, what is going on here? This, this is crazy. And then another sale and then another sale. And I'm like, there's something to this. So I started creating more content and building out my site more. And I made more and more sales. And then I thought, well, if that's one site, what if I make two sites? So I made another site and started making more sales. And then eventually I got to a point whereby I was making, if I remember right, something like $300 a day every day, seven days a week in my sleep without doing anything. And I don't say that like cliche in my sleep. It was in my sleep because my uh, my customers were in the US. I was in the UK, so I would go to sleep and I would wake up and then <laughs> while I was sleeping. And then I thought, well, what if, so I'm an affiliate for somebody else's info product. What about if I create my own info product and instead of sending my traffic through that affiliate link to them, what about if I send my traffic to my own product and I did, so my $300 a day or a night turned into $450 as soon as I created my own product. And then I just basically kept creating new sites and then I started creating new info products. And before I knew it, I'd gone from wanting to sell more lingerie on this new e-commerce thing to having an info product empire. Um, I just I think it's so amazing that you knew about affiliate links back then. Like I, I mean, in 2000, I barely knew, like, I knew nothing about the internet. I knew, like, it existed and, like, but, I mean, it was, like, before Facebook, before anything. Yeah, there's no YouTube. There's no Facebook. I remember Google coming about. I remember how it, how it got its foothold in the marketplace. It was Yahoo, which was the main search engine. Yeah. And then I kept seeing these Google was, results on powered by Google on Yahoo. And I'm like, and, and eventually I'm like, these results are good. And I think me and a million other people, millions of other people must have gone, powered by Google, what's this Google? And then you go to click through to Google, instead of adverts everywhere, it was just this little clean search box. Yes. And it's like, that was it, hooked. And that was the start of Google. Yeah. Yeah, but there was no Facebook, no social media at all. 
no YouTube, no nothing. So it was a whole different world back then that yeah. revolved mostly around getting your content ranked in Google. But it's uh, so cool that you were already in it back then because it's like I was not, and a lot of other people were not either. So it's, well, it's cool you, that you were new. I imagine you was about 10 years old back then, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> 2000, let's see, I was a junior in high school. What so it was, uh, you know, kids would want to look up stuff online for their research papers and things, and teachers yeah. were very against it back then. They would let us do one online resource, and everything else had to be a book. <laughs> so, yeah. And I was, like, was very against technology. Like, for some reason, I just didn't see the benefit of it at all. And my dad did. Like, my dad majored in computer science. He saw it early. But for some reason, I've always, I've never really been that interested in it. So even though like now I do online business, but back then I was like, oh, thank God we only have to do one online resource. <laughs> then there was me, right? Like I popped out of the womb trying to sell stuff. And then like eBay, what, 15 or 16 I was when I started in the mid 90s. So I didn't know anything about Google and SEO and all that stuff back then, but I was your girl for liquidating and getting rid of whatever you wanted to offload in the late 90s. Right. So you started, <laughs> you started before me then? Yeah, yeah. I used to, um, uh, TJ Maxx was like a big thing when, you know, growing up and like just finding really good deals for hardly anything. And so I started um, selling on eBay. Yeah, that was my, my, uh, the origin of my e-commerce. I remember when Facebook first came out. I'm I think I'm exactly the same age as Mark Zuckerberg, maybe maybe a year apart, I'm not sure, but it came out and when it first came out, like the year it came out, it was only available in his school and then it was available in a few other colleges. And Rutgers was one of the first colleges. So all my friends were on it immediately. And I was like, I just don't get it. I'm like, why do I want my face like why would I want my yeah. face on a Facebook. Like I'm like, did you have MySpace though, Helen? Did you have MySpace? <laughs> I, I was just so against all of it. So finally, at the end of college, my friend would like sat down and did the profile for me because I was just not into it. So I had a Facebook account like the like the within the first year it started, but it was uh, pushed upon me. <laughs> so I was I was uh, late. You were peer time. pressured into Facebook. I was peer pressured into <laughs> Facebook, and now I love it. I'm on it all the time, but. Now that it's now that it's you know my sis, younger brothers and sisters don't think it's cool anymore, but I'm like eh, whatever. <laughs> um, so but I I think it's awesome that you guys started right from the beginning. So you found out about affiliate links. How did you did you teach yourself how to create a course, or was there information yeah. back then about how to start it, or I mean, figure it out. It was information, but like it wasn't as readily available as it is now. Like nowadays, you can literally find out anything and for free. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is not finding the information nowadays. It, the problem is finding the wisdom, finding the people that you should listen to. Do you know what I mean? So like you can wade through, you can find information on anything. But <laughs> yeah. where, where's the good information? And that's the key nowadays. So. Um, so yeah, there was courses and stuff, but I had no money back in the early days. So it was all mostly self-taught and, um, I kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong. I bought courses over my time, but back in the early days, I didn't really buy anything. So it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of just going for it and, and seeing what happened. But, um, I had no mentors, no financial guidance and no money starting off. So I, I just relied on books. So, um, I'm not saying I'm a heavy reader or a big reader, but Things like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. If you've not read that book, you need to read that yeah. book. It's just magic. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, even though I, I met Robert Kiyosaki, the guy that wrote oh, it. Oh, you did? I oh, met him, awesome. yeah. I, I went to, I was in Vegas, and he. it was just me and him in a corridor. Oh, I was my at, God. I was at his event, right, and he'd gone to the toilet. I'd just popped out or whatever. And, and he was coming the other way down the corridor, and I'm like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Because I'm on my own. <laughs> He's on his own. He's looking at me. He's a huge guy. He's like, he's really, he doesn't look it on, online, but he's big. Um, and, and I didn't know that. I, I didn't see that. No, he's, he's coming towards me. And I'm like, what do I do? And I just thought, oh, I'll say hello. So I said, I put my hand out to, to uh, shake his hand. And I said, nice to meet you. And it, you know what he did? He went wet hands and walked past me. Like, oh, my God. 
He'd been to the toilet, washed his hands, and he, and he used wet hands as an excuse to not talk to me and not shake my hand. So, I know. <laughs> You're ever, like, oh, well, I still learned a lot from you, even though I don't oh, Ever since then, I've called him Robert Wet Hands Kiyazaki. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to uh, let him know that if I ever meet him. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No, now if we ever meet him, we got to go. Wet hands. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be great. He won't. He probably won't remember or get it, but that's okay. We'll, we'll no, laugh. <laughs> You've met a lot of the big people recently. I can't believe you didn't know who Lewis House was. No, no, I met Lewis House for the first time a few weeks ago. Uh, no idea who he was. All the women that were just were just getting wild for him. I thought, you know what, he must be somebody then. So I went over to him and introduced myself. Had a photo and. And yeah, Neil Patel met him a few weeks ago as well. He's cool. He's really he cool. got all these pictures with all these people. I'm like, you're really standing right next to Neil Patel and having like a picture taken. Yeah, oh, I sat. In, I was sat at dinner with Neil Patel for like an hour or something like oh. that. And I was there was other people on the table, and I was not letting anybody get a word in edgeways. I was just like asking him questions. <laughs> I felt you really respectful, but you know. <laughs> Your opportunity. He's like guy. there was other people at the table, you know, yeah, like Lewis Howes. I was ignoring him. <laughs> no, Neil, Neil Patel, he's the nicest guy. I wondered if it was all an act because you never know how people are. Like one face and then another face behind. Oh, he's he's, yeah. he's so genuine. Lovely guy. Lovely guy. I thought that was amazing. So yeah, so I saw that recently. What what conference was that? That was in um, the UK, it, right? It was just, some, just something in the UK. Yeah, like an yeah. info product thing. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so we got a little off track, but you, so you started creating your own products, yeah. and then uh, how did you get involved with Amazon? Like, okay, so uh, my story is so long and varied and all over the place. So, so um, I, I wanted to talk about how to make money online back in the early two thousands when I first started out. That's all I was interested in: how to market online, how to make money online. I was obsessed with it, um, and that's all I wanted to do, but. Um, I hadn't done it, so I thought, well, how can I teach people how to make money online when I've not made money online? So um, I went into something like 50 plus niches, niches, as you guys say, you say niches, don't you? So I was we go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, niches, niches. So tomato, tomato. So um, I was in 50 plus niches, niches, um, all non-internet marketing, non-make money online, and I did that for well over a decade. Um, and I got really bored. I was, you've got to think, I was in my 20s. I'm making, making multiple six figures a year from doing no work whatsoever. I'm talking, you know, that you've heard of Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Yeah. If I'd have had to do four hours of work a week, I'd have been disappointed that I was working so hard. It was, it was crazy. I was like tired <laughs> in my 20s. I would do like four hours a month, sorry, two minutes a month. I'm not even joking. I would check my stats see how much money I'd made, and I lived like a retired person. And I wasted my 20s sitting in my underwear at home, playing computer games and, and like, like a bum, but making all this money, piles and piles of money from doing nothing. It, it was amazing. So I got bored of that, and at, at some point I'm like, right, I want to go out into the real world and start living life again. So I bought a nightclub. With my internet money, I thought I'm going to be a nightclub owner. So I went and bought a nightclub. And that's got to be totally like from like almost like introvert at home to like, whew, oh, like yeah. straight out there in the yeah, public. Yeah. Like <laughs> Nobody knew who I was. And then I'm a nightclub owner. And overnight, when you own a nightclub, you go to you become a local celebrity. Even if you don't mean to be or try to be, everybody knows you. So to go from... Nobody knowing me, just my friends and, you know, sitting at home on my computer on my own to like being in the public eye and, and all the craziness that comes with a nightclub game and everything you hear about owning a nightclub, anything you see on TV programs and films doesn't cover half of it. It's crazier than you would ever imagine. Um, but that's probably a story for another time. So anyway, so I, I bought this nightclub and I did the nightclub thing. So I had my internet income which I'd not done anything really severely with. I'd not put lots of work in for like a decade maybe. Literally, it was passive income on steroids. I did nothing, made a bunch of money. Um, and so I was got my internet business making a bunch of money. And then I, I, I made my nightclub into like the number one nightclub in the town. So that was making a bunch of money. So I had these piles of money. Um, but over time, I neglected 
my internet business because I've not done anything for like a decade almost properly. And it's and the income started to do that a little bit as it as anything would. The fact that I did nothing like two minutes a month for years, I can't believe it stayed as high as it did for as long as it did. But eventually it started doing that. And then I had some competitors in the in the uh, nightclub game play real dirty with me. And that started making my income do that as well. And I thought, you know what? <clears throat> I, I don't need the trouble that comes with the nightclub game. And again, conversation for another time, but um, gangsterism. And that's not just from the gangsters. Just, just like, just don't need that grief in my life. My income from both businesses, because I'm neglecting both at this point. Like I've got a manager in that wasn't running the nightclub right. I wasn't doing anything on the internet. So the both my income were doing that. And I thought, right, time to do something else. Time to do what made me my money back in the first place, which is internet stuff. So I still had what can, would, can be, would be considered as a full-time income online, but it wasn't the big income I was used to. So I thought, I'm going to go back online, double down on what I'm used to doing, forget the nightclub thing. So I closed the nightclub. Um, I closed down my old internet businesses, and I thought, I'm going to hit this again. So that, that got me on to looking at what was new in the market, because you've got to think when I first started online marketing, it was in the early 2000s, and I worked solid for a good few years before I did nothing. But my, my knowledge base was grounded back in the early 2000s. So fast forward a decade or so, my knowledge base was a little bit, I mean, there's these weird new things, YouTube, Facebook, and they're amazing. And internet marketing's actually got easier because of them. But I didn't know that much. Don't get me wrong, I played with bits and bobs over years, but nothing serious. So, so I thought, I'm going to try this private label thing. So I did Amazon private label for a while, and I really put my all into it. And I quickly realized that private label, I think the golden days at that point were behind us, and it wasn't easy anymore. Um, and I wasn't looking for easy money, but I had quite a good, like a quite high level skill set, a lot of different things. And I was struggling to see how I was going to turn that into a million dollar a year business or, or even a 200 grand a year business without a lot of risk and time and effort. And there's always that fear of Amazon might just close your account and take your business away and all that stuff. So I, I thought, oh, that's not right for me. So you know what? I'll pivot rather than just quit Amazon. So that, when, that, that got me into the online arbitrage world. So I was still doing info products. I was still doing affiliate marketing. I was still doing bits and bobs of everything. But I turned my attention to uh, online arbitrage. Started making some money in it. Not massive money, but enough money to make me go, oh, there's something here. Um, and then I started an online community because I thought I've been teaching. Uh, sorry, I've been um, trading online for all these years. Now it's time to maybe teach how to do this stuff because I could teach bits and bobs. And, you know, take people on the journey with me, having got all this experience from the last 15 years or whatever it was behind me. And then kind of one thing led to another. And before I know it, um, I'm, I've got a YouTube channel called Secret Wealth Project. And at the time, I got known for online arbitrage on Amazon. Now, I don't do online arbitrage anymore, which is nuts, because I've got like one of the biggest software tools in the on online arbitrage space, which is what I mentioned earlier, Buybot Pro. So now we create software and other related services and things for online arbitragers, as well as do stuff for info product marketers and all kinds of bits and bobs. So I'm very varied, but you probably know me most from that because that's the first time I put my face to what I did. Before that, never my face, always pen names and you know this, that and the other. And then a few years ago, I put my face to it and it, I got known for online arbitrage, which that's not me. But at the same time, it was me for a while. So, yeah, that's kind of the long story, really. That's what's so interesting when you put your, your face to something because you're like, do I have to stay here forever? <laughs> it's I know, like, yeah. But it's, like you, you, it's so cool to see. Like I've been following quite a few YouTubers for quite a few number of years, and you do see them change over time. And like, like somebody like Steve Rakin was all about eBay, and now he's like learning a lot of other things. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool that you can still – you can still change. Yeah. You can still grow, pivot. The way, I, the way I see it is you, you're taking people on your journey. I've done affiliate marketing, and I do affiliate marketing. I make a full-time living at affiliate marketing. It's not my primary income source, but I do it, so I feel qualified to talk about it. I do info product marketing. I make a lot of money in info products, so I feel qualified to talk about it. You know, it's, it's like 
some people like to pigeonhole people and I never wanted to be pigeonholed and definitely not as an online arbitrager because it's a great business model for people to get started with right. and make some money, but nobody's going to make $10 million a year from online arbitrage. Right. And I want to make $10 million a year. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. So, so you did online arbitrage, you yeah. did private label. Did you ever do a, uh, FBA like, um, like actually going retail arbitrage is what I'm looking for. How did you ever do retail arbitrage? Well, we're developing a retail arbitrage app at the minute. We're turning Buybot Pro into a retail arbitrage app. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And it'll blow it'll blow everything else away. You know, RA apps, they're not going to be able to touch this. It's going to be so, <laughs> so honestly, it's going to blow them away. It's going to be so good. And we're so very for, close to release, releasing that. The name for, is, is Buybot, like B-U-Y? Is that? Yeah. I want to yeah. make sure Buy, I got it right. Yeah, sorry, right, it's cool. my English accent. I don't say T's. Buybot Pro. So right, B-U-Y-B-O-T-P-R-O. Awesome. Bye -bye. And we'll make sure we get that in the links too. Yeah. Oh, we we mostly have a print on demand audience, but I think most people know retail arbitrage and online arbitrage. If you yeah. don't, it's it's through Amazon and you go to local retail stores, scan items, see what will sell for more on Amazon. And then online it's the same thing. You just uh, look and see what you can buy on one one website that you can send to Amazon to make more. So, so what's really crazy as well is I actually do make money from merch as well. But I do that's make that's money. what I was just gonna say. I'm like, so how'd you get into merch? So, so I, I've not done it on any deep level. You guys will be you say that I'm like here or whatever, but honestly, when it comes to merch, you guys are here. <laughs> I've got some money that comes in from from uh mostly Redbubble to be fair, but I've got some money that comes in, but I, I would never say I'm an expert or like I'm, it's my primary income source. I'm talking, we've done a few days here or there and we make passive income from it, from it. So, yeah. you know, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm no expert in merch by any means. Um, but like, that's the nature of what I do. I make money, a little bit of money from merch, a little bit of money, well, quite a bit of money from real estate, you know, info products. I love Matt. You know what I love is that, um, and, and I enjoy doing the same sort of a thing. It's like, it seems like you're just a lifelong learner and you enjoy yeah. learning and building and that you have these multiple income streams. And whenever there's a time to pivot, you pivot. If your yeah. interest is more in this, in a certain area, or you see more dollar signs in a certain area, you can put the accelerator down and go that way. Or you could go this way. It's like you have yeah. options. Yeah, but the problem the problem with doing what I'm doing is, especially when you put your face to it, is you get start to get known as a generalist and not a specialist. And oh. as you guys know, the real money is being a specialist. But I built this little audience around online arbitrage, so people expect me to be a, a specialist on online arbitrage, but it's not where my passion lies. Oh. I'm happy to service the community. I'm happy to help them grow their businesses and watch them grow and all that stuff. But at the same time, my passion really if I had to pigeonhole myself, is in launching products and monetizing audiences. So like I say, you've got an audience, you've got a small niche audience, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people, something like that. We could probably do like a six-figure launch together. So seven days win window, and we might make 100K, because like last year, I did a launch, 200K launch. That's profit. That's not sales. That's 200K profit, or not far off 200K. Beginning of this year, I think I did, what did I do? 50K. Off a product I created and launched two months before that, and did I think we did 90k. So like then the the figures it's are awesome. quite big on these little launches of yeah. to niche audiences, and my passion is doing that. I love selling one to many. I'm an eight figure copywriter, so I'm good at persuasion in print one to many, and like I'm fascinated with that journey of taking somebody from not knowing you to building that relationship in super quick time and having them go, here's my money, take my money. You can help me, I want, I want your help. And I love that process. So I love the process of selling one-to-many. Selling via webinars is nothing better, I love it. I love the experience, the live event feel, and the money that can be made, and the people you can help in the process is unreal. So launch specialist, info product marketer, online course creator and marketer and seller. That's me, really. So if you wanted to pigeonhole me, that's me. That's me, really. Um, not awesome. You're going to get a lot of people being like, wait, an audience of 3,000, you can make 200,000, and they're going to be messaging you. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan immediately wrote, 
What would you do with an audience of 2,000 that are obsessed with unicorns? Um, <laughs> probably, probably sell them merch. You might struggle with the unicorn audience, I've got to be honest. Um, yeah, I can think of easily more easily monetizable audiences. Having said that, merch is probably, joking aside, merch is probably the, one of the best ways to monetize something like that, I'd say. So copywriting is such a good skill. Um, did you learn that just through trial and error, like of, of building your your programs that you sold, or did somebody teach you that, or how did you learn it? So, so I would say copywriting is the number one skill you can learn online. If you learn copywriting and you dedicate yourself to learning copywriting over the next year, two years, three years, five years, you'll never be poor again. And not only that, you'll be able to you'll be able to basically you potentially get rich. And I don't mean by writing copy for other people or writing copy for your own products and services and whatever. Um, but I started off with just cheap books. So $10 books, $15 books that um, I just bought a bunch of books and I read them. So the greats. Uh, so, so if anybody knows anything about copywriting, the greats would be studying people like Gary Halbert, uh, Joseph Sugarman, Dan Kennedy, uh, there's, there's a bunch of different names, um, and just that's the best way to learn probably 70% of what you need to know. Cheap books that are really old. The older, the better, and just go through the books, read them all. But the key with copywriting is you can't just learn it from a book. You have to do it as well. So the key is to get writing. Start writing. Read what you can. Start writing. And it's only through in-the-trenches experience whereby you get that click moment. And I think it's the same process for everyone because I was speaking to somebody the other day and they're like, I'm, I've read all the books and I get it. I understand how to do all this and do all that. But I'm struggling with the structure and the formula of, of how you structure the sales process. And I remember for years, that is exactly the thing that I struggled with too. So I know he's on the same path as me. He's just a few years behind. But the key is to take that stuff and just start writing copy and start trying to persuade people in print. Mm -hmm. uh, there are shortcuts to do that. Like I could probably shortcut somebody, I could probably teach them enough in a day to do a 100K launch on a webinar. Without a doubt, I could do that. Um, but if, but that's very kind of narrow focused, right? We are gonna start with this. In fact, you start with the end in mind. So what do we wanna do? We want them to purchase this product, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's a course, but we want them to purchase this product and that's the end. How do we get them from there, well, from here to there? What, what uh, like, uh, beliefs have you got to break down and rebuild? How do you, how do you create uh, pain and, and uh, associate pleasure with your solution for their problem and all kinds of psychological things that you put into this process? And then, I mean, it used to be sales letters. And then it kind of became video sales letters. But honestly, there's nothing better than a webinar, in my opinion, right now for creating sales because you can basically, I mean, I've scripted sales letters that I've read out as a webinar. Nobody's even known I'm reading a script, but I've scripted <laughs> it word, word by word. And that's it's awesome. like gangbusters. It's like, is that right? I yeah, no, that's a term. I love that you um, embrace being a salesperson, like as a good thing. Because a lot of people, they try to, um, like Grant Cardone's always talking about this, where it's like almost like sales is a bad word or something. Like yeah. people are trying to avoid it. And you're like, no, I love sales. Oh, I love it. There's nothing <laughs> better. There's yeah. Nothing what people use it as an insult. You know, when you've got a hater and yeah. they're trying to, trying to attack you, they're like, you're just trying to oh, sell me something. And you're oh, like, yeah. Hey. They say, you're just a sales guy. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, the thing is, I'm not a sales guy. I do know what I'm on about. I can deliver the goods. So it's like I'm serving rather than selling. If I genuinely I think I can help this person get the result they want, I'm right. doing them a disservice not selling to them. Right. And that's what the best salespeople do. So Grant Cardone's a great salesperson. You're a great salesperson. Um, I loved sales too. Like the, I did sales. The most that I, I was like solely sales was when I was a loan officer. Um, and I felt like I was helping people too. Like they, everybody needs 
a house. And so it was like, it was helping them get a good rate and, and getting a house that they want or refinancing their loan or whatever. So I was really good at sales because I thought it was helping them. So if you can find a product that you believe in and you feel like it's helping someone, then go for it. Sales yeah. is a good thing. I, and, and you know what? There's no no better feeling than, than um, I've, I've done it the other way around, really. I, I learned persuasion in print, which is selling one to many. So you create this sales letter or the sales video script or mm -hmm. whatever once, and then you can put that same script in front of a million people just as easy as you can put it in front of one. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is it's actually a much higher level skill set to be able to copy and, and write copy rather than selling one-to-one. -one. Right. Uh, but I learned that first. So, so it's like, for example, if you're selling one-to-one -one, mm -hmm. um, and you, you can choose their reaction, you can... Yes, it's, oh, it's yeah. a little easier. Yeah, I can tell they think it's too expensive and then you can handle that objection or... Or you can you can ask them questions and they they or they ask you questions and you can answer them. Whereas right. when we've got a static sales letter, you can't do that. So you have to get in the mind of your prospect without ever meeting the prospect. Right. So you've got to handle their objections that they've not even given you yet in an order in which they they would give them you if they were in face to face. So yeah, that's a huge skill. That's yeah. But and I learned I've, I got really good at that, and now I'm kind of started doing one-on-one. -on -one. I did my first sales call the other day. A sales call, like 20 years later, one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> like, wait, I'm actually hearing your voice. I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> I mean, I've had a million web. I've had a, a webinar with 450 people on and closed tons of them. Just two weeks ago, I I did a webinar. There was 250 people on it. Uh, 160 people of them bought it, bought the product. It was a, uh, about a four, $450 product. On, like that's a massive conversion ratio. People don't get that kind of rate. <laughs> you know, it was, it was unreal. But like one to one, I was like, oh my God, this is scary. <laughs> it got real. Tell you what, I closed this guy. And again, I can help him. I can genuinely help him. I'm selling myself cheap. What he's going to get in return um, is is like, many times worth many times what I charged him for it so I can legitimately feel at ease with providing that service but but like the feeling it was like my first ever sale I loved it and <laughs> like I've done it the wrong way around I should have learned selling one-to-one -one and then yeah. doing copywriting but hey-ho that's the yeah. way that no copywriting is way better and like you said it's 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 you're reaching so many people. That's why it's yeah. um, a lot of people that I've heard, uh, they say copywriting is the number one skill because it, I mean, when you can get sales from so many people instead of one, like when I was doing sales, at least it was big sales, like it's a house. So it's a big purchase. So it makes sense to do one-on-one. -on -one. It, it's worth your time. But if you're trying to do one-on-one -on -one to sell like, you know, a $30 thing, it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, so yeah. that's when copywriting really comes into effect. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. People do ask, you know what the biggest problem online with modern day marketers is? They all focus on systems, right? They want to know the, the system to follow. And I don't mean systems in, in systematizing your business. That's a good thing. I mean, like, they want to know the plan. Give me the plan. Just give me the blueprint to <laughs> follow. Just all of it for me. <laughs> Yeah, they, they just want the blueprint, and that's all right till the blueprint breaks. Yeah, and they say online, like one year in the real world is like seven years in business online, and it's so true. Things move so fast; it's like dog years. Yeah, it's like, it, it, and so so when you've got this blueprint that says step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, follow this in order. When it gets to step three, it's broken because it changed a month ago. Yeah, the internet's always doing this. So what happens is. They don't have the skill set to overcome that fact that that blueprint broke. So right. they went to the gurus or the coaches, whatever, to spoon feed them what to do. And oftentimes <laughs> the gurus moved on so they don't get spoon fed. It breaks and they repeat the process. Or they might be selling a different product where it's a slightly different order of events. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, you got to be talking to your audience. Yeah, if you if you flip that on its head though and go right, I'm not going to do what everybody else does and follow blindly the the courses. I'm going to develop the skill set, and then that arms you to cope with anything and everything. So when that plan breaks down on step three or breaks down on step five, 
you deal with it. You don't have to wait for anyone else. And that's what up-leveling your skill set does. And learning copy is probably like the number one. There are other things. I mean, you could learn. It wouldn't hurt to learn uh, other stuff like SEO. Um, and it wouldn't hurt to learn a bit of design. It wouldn't hurt, you know, it's good to have a, a varied skill set. But like if you had to go all in on something, I would say, I would say copy copywriting's up there with the best of them for sure. That's awesome. How have uh, you heard that quite a few times now? So I think I should start taking it seriously. Because I have not tried to learn copywriting yet, but how have we ended up talking about copywriting on merch money? I know. I don't know. I think I needed to hear it today. Things just kind of happen where you're like, oh, I needed to hear this message. Yeah, but you know, and you know what's funny though is like, if we keep it real, everybody watching this right now, there's, I guarantee there's not one of them that only does merch. No. I mean, we're all a bunch of squirrels. We all do like several different things. You know, we all have other interests and other income streams that we're working on too. So this is cool to, to hear other things that are applicable, um, whether it's, you know, things are going to apply in merch or, you know, uh, in an adjacent space. So um, I had a question um, just in general. So let's say uh, somebody that is newer to e-commerce is watching and, you know, they're getting bits and pieces from this conversation and, and their big question is, where do I begin, right? Like, where do you even start? Where do you even start the process of learning to do this? Or, um, you know, what, what would be your, your words of wisdom? Like research, pick a niche, you know, how do they get their feet wet? So, so at this point, have they decided what business model they want to do or are they, are they a totally fresh beginner? They just know they want to make money. I, I would say fresh, yeah. Right. Okay. So if I was fresh, I think what you want to do, you want to, you want to as quickly as possible get to a position whereby you know what you want to do. So some people, they're all about the physical products. So online arbitrage really suits them. Some people are all about the passive money and they like designing stuff or well, merch suits them. You know, other people like me, I love dealing with people like one-on-one. -on -one. I love the persuasive process. I love to solve problems. I love to, there's like certain things that just fit my character and skill set best. And it's like, I think what you need to do is you need to try a bunch of stuff. So yeah, that's actually me saying it's okay to shiny object chase in the beginning. You know, try a bunch of stuff to know what's going to resonate with you and fit your personality. So, so try a bunch of stuff, um, but understand that you're not going to ever get proper results until you go all in and laser focus on one thing. So as long as you go with that mindset of, I'm going to try a bit of this, I'm going to try a bit of that, I'm going to try a bit of this, and, and, and be in that research phase, be like a sponge, just soaking the information, and just be okay with not getting results within the first month. You're not going to get results in the first month. You're probably not going to get good results in the first six months or maybe even a year. You've got to have a long-term mindset. But what maybe you do in the first three to six months is you find your thing and you go, oh, info products is my thing. I want to build a little audience in this passion niche of mine that I really love doing, you know, and then I want to sell a solution to the problem that this niche has got. And maybe that's your thing and you go all in on that and then that's it. You go all in. And I think that's the key. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to the point where I'm going to go all in with info products and launches and stuff because that's my thing. But I've, I've even done a bit of that since I came back out of the nightclub game. I've done a bit of dipping my toe in the waters, you know, made some money with this, made some money with that, you know, but, but now it's time for me to go all in on my passion. So I would say do the same. I would say do that. I love that. That was a really, really great explanation um, because it's hard to kind of um, verbalize when somebody is fresh to the industry. Like, oh, there's just so many different things. So it's it's like just decide what you want to sell, right? Where you want to sell it, kind of how you want to get there. Yeah. Um, and and I, you love, I love the thought of, of, well, first of all, I loved your comment about like, this, this is a long-term strategy. This isn't yeah. like, Let's apply this this month, and then next month we're retiring. That's not how it happens. No. <laughs> There's a, there are lottery winners out there, but uh, we, we don't follow what they do because it's not replicable, right? No, that's so, it. Great. Awesome. I, I love what, um, how you keep talking about info products because I think that's what's so good because you don't have to keep 
you know, buying a new, new uh, products. Like that's one thing with uh, online arbitrage and, and private label, you keep having to replenish the items. Yeah. So, so tell us a little more about info products. Cause sometimes I think that I know the term, but it's like, well, what, what could be an info product? Like, I think I don't brainstorm enough. Okay. Like it could be things like courses, yeah. eBooks, what else? Yeah. So, so an information product, um, the, the whole point of it is the, the customer has a problem and your info product is the solution to that problem. And it could be anything. It could be my dog's misbehaving. You know, I've got a really like a, a dog that's naughty and I want to fix it. It could be um, I really I'm not very flexible and I want to learn yoga, but I want to do it at home. You know, it, it could literally be I, I, I want to create a, a merch business, but I don't know where to start. So these are all things that are could be info products now. The vehicle that you choose to deliver that product will depend on you and the market. So, for example, I made over $10 million selling less than $50 ebooks. So, $49.95 ebooks. You know, I made millions of dollars doing that in ebooks. Well, that was in the early 2000s and going on, on through the 2000s kind of thing. Do I think ebooks are the best vehicle now for info products? No. Because of the explosion of bandwidth and video online. Video is the way to go for sure. Um, so, so video courses are a great uh, info product. So online video courses, online membership sites, um, premium Facebook groups. So you could charge access to a Facebook group. That would be considered kind of like a, an info product. Um, Ebooks. I suppose a book is a very archaic, old-fashioned kind of info product. But, but it could be audio products. Um, online group coaching. So anything whereby you're a coach and you're sharing your knowledge or your wisdom in whatever vehicle possible, that's really what an info product is. Okay, awesome. And I think it's really good when it can be something where it's not tied to your time. So like coaching, it's like, is if it could be like a webinar, that's fine because you can talk to a lot of people at the same time. But coaching one-on-one -on -one is like, you know, that, that doesn't work as well, but. Well, that's the thing. Info products, really creating your own online course is the next level from coaching. So if you coach people one on one, then the next thing to do is maybe you maybe you go into group coaching. So maybe you do one on one right now and maybe you turn it into a group coaching thing or a mastermind type thing where there's where you're group coaching one to many. And then maybe you then go, right, I'm going to productize my knowledge. And that's where I come in. And that's where I'm really good at that stuff. So. You've already got your expertise. You've already got your skill base, your wisdom, whatever it is in your thing. And then um, you can b basically bottle that up and, and sell it as a bottle of, of uh, info product loveliness. <laughs> a bottle of info product. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you create that one. You create it once and you can sell it to 10,000 people and there's no cost of goods. So Right. That's what I know, love. So you can duplicate it for free. Uh, so when when I say like if you may if you sold a million dollars worth of products on Amazon you might have a cost of goods of eight hundred thousand dollars or right. eight hundred fifty thousand dollars even you know if we're honest you know right. the margin is slim you sell a million dollars worth of info products I mean maybe you've got ad costs but a lot of it can be organic I drive tons of sales through organic it's like you sell a million dollars through info products you get to keep best part of a million dollars. Right. So, you know, so so I really like it from that point of view. Um, it's very replicable. You create it once, but here's the beauty of it. Here's the real beauty of it. If as an info product marketer, you're doing your customers the best service possible, you'll sell it to them first. So you don't even create the product. You sell it to them yeah. first. Mm -hmm. And you might go, you can't do that. That's a scam. You can't scam people like that. You're selling something you've not made. But here's the thing. So the pre-launch. Well, well, yeah, yeah, pre-launch. But but like what, what I like to do is I'll do a six-week masterclass or an eight-week masterclass, whereby I'll I'll take my body of knowledge and I'll chunk it down into six weeks, right? And I'll sketch out the skeleton structure of what each of those six weeks are gonna look like. And then I go full steam ahead at planning my webinar and selling it. I don't create it. So then I sell it and maybe I bank 150 grand. So now I've got my 150 grand, I'll start creating it. So typically I'll have one week's worth of content created up front. So I do have a week's worth of content. And then what, what I like to do is deliver it live. 
So, so like this, you jump on once a week, maybe on a Wednesday, you do, you do a live and you teach the structured content of that week, and then you'll go into Q&A after. Now, what the Q&A does is the feedback from that first week helps you structure the next week's content. So oh, instead, I love that. Yeah, so instead of you creating this thing and you think you know exactly how to solve their problem and you think you've got it all perfect and you've created this massive course that's took you three months, and then you go to launch it and realize, oh, nobody really cared. And I have actually not done a great course. It's not what they really wanted. You sell it to them first, and then you create it based on their feedback, and they actually get a much better product. You get that interactivity. And then after that, once you've done it once, that goes into a members area and either becomes a drip-fed course, or you just sell it as a one-package thing, and you don't have to do it again. Mm -hmm. So you create your course after you've sold it, and that's the right way to do it for a professional internet marketer, or for a professional info product marketer, should I say. The one thing I want to point out that was amazing yeah. that you said, what, and that just totally resonated with me, was the very basis for which we teach. For eight years, I was a teacher and assistant principal. And so yeah. lesson planning, you can't just plan out a month's worth of lessons and assume that they're not going to change because you deliver lesson one and you think lesson two is going to look a certain way and five minutes into lesson one, lesson two is out the window. <laughs> and so that's something that immediately I'm like, yes, that's like, that's how teaching works, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's why it's a skill. Like that's why not every everyone's a great salesperson and not everyone's a great copywriter. And that's why it's such a high paid skill because you have to be able to be very fluid with either the person you're talking to or the audience you're talking to because uh, it's like a living, breathing thing. Like the questions, the objections are going to be different. You have to be able to uh, really talk to your specific audience. You do. But you know what? You know what surprises me every time? Like it, I always thought, oh, I don't know everything about this niche. So say whatever the niche is, mm -hmm. I don't know everything about it. So sometimes you, you start to get what's called imposter syndrome, whereby you can be an expert in it, but you start to think, oh no, maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm conning people. Maybe like I shouldn't be selling my info because I don't know everything. But in reality, nobody knows everything. And if you think you know everything, you almost certainly don't, you know, and, and it's just ego and stuff getting in the way. So, so like, nobody knows everything. I, I've, I've kind of lost, where was I going with that? I don't know where I was going with that. I, really <laughs> I think good. I was saying, like, to know your audience and, and um... yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, I've lost it. It is 2 a.m. in the morning. I don't mind. We're all good. I'm enjoying this. Oh. <laughs> It's supposed to only be an hour, so we will be wrapping this up soon. Um, guys, thank you. This audience, thank you so much for being here. And if you have any questions for Matt, definitely ask now because we're we're going to be ending soon. Um, but this it is went by, it went by so quickly. I know this is so fun because it's a little different, and and your uh, experience is a little different than than a lot of other other guests. So it's it's been really fun to learn from you. Yeah, thanks. I'm not I'm not trying to get off with me saying two a.m. I'm just explaining why my brain went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well, alright. I had to laugh because that this is like that's Brie brain. Like on yeah. the show, frequently I get going and I'm like really excited, and then I'm like, wait a second, where was I going, you guys? You have to remind me. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I just mean that. Like, I think you were talking about how you you don't want to get imposter syndrome because you're you're not going to know everything about your niche. But I think you know very well about copywriting and selling. And I, I think that by itself is a skill. I, I just remembered, and it's gone again. Oh my God, it's just gone again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I kept talking too long. No, it's okay. It's Mark okay. Mark B said, this is so awesome. Um, Lance said he's going to go back to the beginning and watch it again. Amen. And uh, Monty said the show flew by. Like he, he was definitely looking forward to this show. So thank you so much. And we forgot to address you as Wolf of Wall Street. Adelina called you that. If she's watching, <laughs> she dubbed from the Wolf of Wall Street. Is she watching? I don't know, but she she usually does watch the show. So I don't probably not right now because it's you know two in the morning for her. But probably tomorrow morning she'll watch it. <laughs> is, that, is that the is that the girl that take took you around Manchester? Yes, she's uh, awesome. She's the architect, and so it was such a good tour of Manchester because she knew everything about all the buildings and her opinion about the buildings, and I, I felt like I was royalty. I'm like, how am I getting this amazing tour? 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm starting to think like you was getting dragged around Manchester, being told, "Oh yeah, that's a pitched." tiled roof and I think I would have been falling asleep not excited by that I don't know oh I thought it was great I mean she she was very very good the way she was explaining things and we didn't just talk about architecture but it it (laughs) felt like a a very uh professional tour I was was excited about it you was talking about the wolf of wall street too oh yeah of course that was (laughs) main topic of conversation (laughs) you should probably mention why you've called me the wolf of wall street yeah I want to know (laughs) Well, no, yeah, explain. Yeah, well, he gave such a good good talk. Okay, so I, I did a talk at the Merch UK conference, um, and this this lady said, you remind me of the Wolf of Wall Street, and I said, is that a good thing? Because the Wolf of Wall Street is like a bit of a scammer, and she's like, yeah, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, but that's, that's basically it. So <laughs> kind of, I got known as the Wolf of Wall Street just for about 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to fit. You just seemed very... Uh, passionate about what you're talking about. Yeah. I was going to say, interestingly enough, I feel like the Wolf of Wall Street, have you guys seen um, ads it, from his actual marketing on Facebook? Oh, now, because he, now he's back, right? Like he's Yeah, like to... in, in marketing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been in my feed. <laughs> I know. I'm like, targeting hey. me. <laughs> yeah. well, we, we get different ads over here, obviously. So if he was trying to sell something in the UK, I might get the ads. But I have seen some stuff of his. I don't know if he's like over here in the UK or something, but I, I did see something. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else that we that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered yet? Um, oh, I could honestly talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> it's one thing I love. I love talking to like-minded people. I love helping people. Um, so like, I don't know, I could talk about this all night, like literally. So I don't know off the top of my head what you guys would want to know, but I'm happy. How about like ways to find you, you know, like groups, links, websites, you know, where okay. can people, where can people right. find you? So, so if you're into online arbitrage, then you can join Secret Wealth Project Facebook group. So. It's not the Facebook page, that's rubbish. I don't do anything with the page, but there is a page. It's the Facebook group. So it's an online community, it's free. There's over 22,000 people in there. Um, And yeah, if you're into online arbitrage, that's a great place to find me. If you wanna know more about uh, info products side of things, I'm just really kind of starting to position myself as what I've always been passionate about and what I really wanna be known as, which is an info product guy, a launch guy. So. If any of that building audiences, monetizing audiences, info product stuff is interesting to you, then by all means, reach out to me at mattwebley.com. I'll be putting a lot of stuff together over the next few uh, months and years, presumably. Um, right now, it's it's like a very basic website. There's not much there. You see some pretty pictures of me posing and stuff, but there's not much content there yet. But, but I'm going to be building that site out. So that's mattwebley.com. So that's M-A-T-T. W-E-B-L-E-Y.com. Perfect. And I put your YouTube channel in in the description too, I think. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I don't do much on YouTube. I do it as a hobby more than anything, but... I feel um, like you're on YouTube quite a bit. I see your videos pop up. Yeah, no, I I enjoy it, but I I don't use it as a traffic generator. So whereas other people are like... They, they master the tags and they make perfect descriptions and perfect titles and then they, they get some amazing like clickbaity kind of uh, <laughs> I'm like I'm just gonna get my camera my iPhone <laughs> I'm gonna hold it in front of my face I'm gonna talk to it then I'm gonna hit upload I'm done that's, <laughs> I use it as a way to communicate with my already and it's only a small audience on YouTube but my small audience on YouTube I just use it as a way to keep in contact because I enjoy it but Again, I'm going to be moving more from online arbitrage into more talk about info products and, and that side of things, launching products and all that. So you'll see my content shift. I'm in a transitional period at the minute whereby I'm in between. I've got an audience that want to want me to talk about this, and I want to talk about that, and that transition's not easy. So I'm just traversing that transition as we speak. The Facebook group is Secret Wealth Project, right? People are asking in the chat. Secret Wealth Project. I've not seen any group chat. I've not. I, my group chat's empty. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, I put it in there. So I'll put it in the description too after the show. Sorry, I don't know why these things fall out of my ears. Um. So yeah, Secret Wealth Project. I don't know if I'm in. I I gotta join it if I'm not. I know I'm looking it up right now. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, thank you so much. I'm so excited that you uh, decided to do this with us, especially one in the morning. It's, it's really an honor. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate the and it's been really nice speaking to you both. You're both lovely people. I love I love Americans. Like I feel that this is going to sound bad to my Brit uh, fellow brothers and sisters, but I feel more affinity at times with the way Americans think and, and Americans in, in general. So I think I'm American at heart somewhere. Don't get me wrong. I love if anyone, if any Brits are watching. <laughs> We're going to tell them that you said that. <laughs> Next time I'm in, in the no, UK, I'll no, be like, no. that Wesley said. <laughs> I love my Brit brothers and sisters, but like, I, I, I don't know. I feel a, a real connection with Americans. So it's been a real pleasure talking to you guys. Oh, great. Well, you are welcome back anytime. So just let us know next time you want to be up at one in the morning and be on this show. Anytime, anytime. anytime. And I would love to be able to check back in with you in a few months to see how the pivot has gone, which I'm sure it's amazing because I'll be in the Facebook group after. <laughs> but, you know, I, I would love to follow along and check back in with you. I would love to. I would, I'm, I'll say it here right now. If you guys want to invite me back on in a few months' time, I'm I'm all over it. So, Woo! All right. Count on it. We'll do it. Awesome. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody watching. And uh, I think we're, we're done for tonight. We'll see you guys all next week. Good night, Good night. guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.